the best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Clauses by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized with Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That was a great thing about some of the teams that Tony managed. You know, they would just, they would, you know what, they would just beat you to the point where uncle. Mm-hmm. They didn't care whether you were 20 games over 500 or 20 games under 500. It didn't make a difference. They would just, they, they may come into Bush Stadium a very daunting task. And they've got to get back to that, that mindset. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the best podcast in baseball brought to you by Closet by Design. I'm St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould, joined, and I'm thrilled to start spring training podcasts off here with the Mike Claiborne, one of the voices of the Cardinals on the Cardinals radio network. And we also figured out that, like, now you're the, uh, you've been here longer than anyone, right? What was your first spring training? Um, the spring of 81. 1981. Yeah, that was my first one. Had right after Reagan, in comes Claiborne. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was over in St. Petersburg, which is a completely different setup than what we have here. Yeah. Uh, you had Alang Stadium. You had the hotel across the street. And then about a 15, 20-minute drive was the other Cardinal complex where everybody did their work, the workouts. And they didn't have a big weight room at that point. But that's where it all started. Did they, did they have a parade of golf carts, or were golf carts not no, a thing that you had to drive? You had to drive out there. This was wow. just like a 15-minute drive. And then the media workroom was in the shower, right? Basically, yeah. I yeah. mean, you have to remember back then, there wasn't a lot of media. I mean, you had the two So the Hummel workroom was in a shower. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you had the Post and the Globe. Uh, TV stations didn't come down very often. Uh, radio stations uh, would come down from time to time. Uh, but it was a whole different setup compared to now, where we have what, eight, ten people every day here. Yeah. Not, not, not back then. When was there? Were they sharing Alang at that time? I should no. know that, but I, no, I were they? No, they weren't, because the Yankees had moved on okay. from that point, and so it was just their their field. And uh, it's a nice ballpark, and you know, I always think about. And you've seen it in spring training. Back then, pitchers, after they would pitch, would run in the outfield while the mm-hmm. game was going on. You don't see that anymore. Uh, but it was a nice setup. And uh, it, the, the town rolled up the sidewalks, man, after sundown. There was nothing to do there. So we had to go up the road a little bit. Uh, it was a little place up the road. But it was a different setup completely. My grandfather took me to Alang Field and told me about the Cardinals being there. He's a mm-hmm. Cardinal fan. And I, I, I love that ballpark i don't know if i i think that's like a cool classic really classic kind of florida ballpark like that place in detona um and then uh vero in a way different way but those classic (laughs) kind of florida ballparks our city of palms was like that Mm -hmm. there in fort myers i kind of is it okay to say i kind of missed those places baltimore has one but they kind of have the last of them yeah i do too and because you know what they were so much more accessible Mm -hmm. fan wise uh, like this complex here, it's it's reasonably accessible, but it, it just it was something about the environment in those older ballparks that I really came to appreciate, especially after we've seen so many new ones come online, and, and very few of them really try to duplicate what was there in the past. Yeah, I, I always like the notion too of like walking in footsteps of the people who came before, like you know that old walk from Wrigley 
where you would be like, oh man, Clemente walked this way, mm-hmm. or Babe Ruth walked yeah. this way, you know, or or think of the sports writer greats or the radio greats who walked that way. Um, you could think that way at old Yankee Stadium. You could think that way now at Fenway. I can't really do it at Wrigley anymore because they redid it. Yeah. You wouldn't know, you know, if you if you came to Wrigley now and got in the Wayback Machine, it's like two different setups. Yeah, two different, you yeah. know. And then you go to the Cubs Clubhouse, I mean, it's, you know. It's the you, deck of the Enterprise. Exactly. So It's, it's like we're walking at Captain Kirk, yeah. you know, it's, uh, what's on the reader, Spock. Exactly. And, you know, you think about the Cardinal Clubhouse, and they've tried to reconfigure it a couple of times, yeah. a visiting clubhouse, and it's still cramped. I mean, I don't know what they do with that place because they said they were going to remodel it and do some things. I don't see very many improvements. Uh, you know, compared to what it was in the past, but you know, they didn't call and ask me my opinion on how to redesign it, so I just leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, the, it's. I, I think maybe or could we get to a point where that walking in the footsteps is true for the Cardinals because they got. I mean, this place needs desperately to be updated this roger dean stadium complex it is outdated they've outgrown it everything it was not supposed to exist this spring um but if they build it new then you're not really walking in the footsteps but maybe some of these areas will still be where albert pujols in 2001 walked where mark mcguire walked right i would hope you know but they just don't have enough space yeah i mean they're talking about moving tearing this building down and doing some things but you know, it's all said and done. They just don't have the, the space like they have down in uh, West Palm Beach with yeah. uh, Baltimore, with the uh, Washington Nationals and Houston Astros, and some of the other facilities are much bigger. So it'll be interesting to see what this thing looks like in a couple, three years. How important do you think that is? Like, I mean, how how important do you think is the actual infrastructure and modernness of the facility? I think it has an impact. Because you're not recruiting no, like you are in college. Is, yeah, exactly. It's and money, you know, not you, like... You have players, this is all they know. Right. So unless they come from somewhere else and you realize that they're only here for six weeks, if that much, uh, I don't know if it has as much impact. I think it's something we as media people, broadcasters, appreciate a little bit more. Uh, but I think overall, players come and go all the time, and we're the only ones to stick around. Do you think it could show up in development, though? I mean, like, we see them yeah. kind of busting at the seams a little yeah. bit. I, I think the, the way Maybe the not game spring, is but. taught with all the nuances and, and the technology impact, it probably would serve a better purpose if you had more space and, and could upgrade your, your setup from that standpoint. Because to me, it seems like the game is going more indoors mm-hmm. as far as development is concerned with the video and just the meeting rooms and all the strategy that goes into play. Uh, there was a time when you were around, they just draw it up in the dirt. Yeah. Now it's like, no, they got to have it on, a, on an iPad and they got to magnets. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, and we have the pitching lab out in the middle of nowhere here in, in uh, at, at this complex. The portable pitching lab. The, yeah, exactly. So it, it just seems to me like the game has gone more indoors when it should be dealt with outdoors because one of the issues I have oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the game today uh, because we're looking down at our laptops and we're looking down at our iPads and I don't know if we're watching the game as much You know, with, with regard to actually if you watch it you can make adjustments compared to looking at this thing and, and that's, that's an element that concerns me about the direction and, and I, I appreciate technology don't get me wrong but you know, I think there's a point where we need to get away from it or use it as more of a tool compared mm-hmm. to the sale. I uh, I find it fascinating, and I ask a lot about this because you always hear from pitchers about how they never feel like they're at their best 
for many starts, right? Yeah. They might have a start where they feel they're at their best, but they always feel slightly different about a pitch. They always feel slightly different about how they slept. Always, there's always some element of struggling through, and yet all the hitters prepare for them at their best. And, you know, they watch all this data and they watch all these pitches and how he does against similar hitters. And, you know, it's just like you, you just are constantly looking at this guy as how, to how he was. Yeah. Not at how he is. Be, yeah, exactly. All right. And uh, so I ask, like, coaches about, like, or players, like, what role do you have to play? And, like, oh, man, this guy doesn't have his change up today. Exactly. We just spent all week yeah. prepping for, you watched a thousand times his change up to a same guy who looks like you or the change up that he threw you 20 times last year or whatever. He didn't have it today. Well, you know, what, what role does that play? Yeah, I think it has a huge role. And I'm one of those believers in. in going back to watching the game. And, I, and we were talking about this earlier. I, the reason why I love watching Brendan Donovan hit, if I'm in the on-deck circle or if I'm in the hole, I'm going to see what this guy has today. Mm-hmm. Okay? Donovan can foul off a pitch. He can put it in play. But he gives you quality and bats for everybody else to witness compared to what the scouting report says. Yeah. And I think you're spot on. I, I don't think pitchers, you know, in a 33-start season, if the guy feels right three times, five times coming out of the pen. Right. Uh, they have to improvise compared to what the scouting report says. And you're right. I, I think that that's something that we don't talk enough about if a guy has his good stuff because very seldom does he have his good right. stuff every outing. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if there's an – I don't, I don't know how they have the kind of conversation or maybe how to frame the question. So I'm going to try to do it here in real time is this notion of, like, maybe you have to, like, use the data – but trust your instincts yes. as opposed to trust the data and like overwhelm or like or have it drown out your instincts like there there's no. some kind of balance there where like the best hitters read and react to the pitcher that day based on the data they've given their experience that they've given but they trust their instincts they don't like feel like oh well i got all this data i better use it you know they don't feel beholden to it well i think you have one generation that feels like they're beholden to it forever Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you have the other generation that says well i know what he can't do so i'm going to narrow it down and look for certain pitches uh, I'm of the belief, again, I go back to watching the game because, again, the guy may not have his good stuff. Or maybe he gives he flips something up there just to set you up. And, and that's why, you know, we get caught up in the in the, in the the data so much. It only tells you percentages, mm-hmm. okay? He does this 40% of the time. Okay, well, what about the other 60 I got to worry about? Yeah. You know, and I think those are the things that we, we have to be able to, to again, Pay attention to the game, watch it, and see what happens on that particular day. I, there was a method to my management here of asking you because traditionally, yeah, you know it. it did you, I I get quizzy on like, do you think there was a reason why I asked you? Because normally we traditionally do this yes. around wait, wait, around Flag Day, yes. Mike Claiborne Day, right? Yes. But it got me thinking this year that it might Flag Day might be too late to know where this team is going, right? Like this might be the year that Clay, Mike Claiborne Day you know, doesn't I was apply. About Memorial Day this year. I mean, it's really yeah, it, yeah. it does feel that way, doesn't it? Because you know what? Because of the way the schedule is set up, you you the month of April could really decide a lot of things. Yeah, not you know? just this season, but future. Yeah, exactly. And so, and and we look at April, and maybe we go to Memorial Day because by then you really know what you have mm-hmm. compared to June fourteenth. And 
you still know what you what you don't have, and you still are in a position to go get it. Yeah. You know, because like sometimes you get to the trade deadline, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, the trade deadline today is lo- is designed to load up for mm-hmm. postseason. Right. It is not designed to help your team compete. Uh, so, I think you have to be a little bit more aggressive. The question is, this is such a traditional sport, especially the way management conducts things as far as giving people time to develop. Sometimes you got to pull the pan a little sooner. And it's not a panic move. It's just one to say, all right, this, even if he plays his best, that still might not be good enough for us to be able to get to that next echelon. And, and that's the concern that you have. But, you know, I think in today's society, when people make moves, oh, it's a panic move. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, you know, they, they're, they're not happy. Well, no, it's not a panic move. It's just an adjustment that you have to make because you want to remain relevant. To me, there, let's say there are four outcomes, all right, around Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. They're good to great, meeting, leading the division in contention. They've taken on some heavy hitters like the schedule and done well against them. They've measured themselves well against yeah. the National League. So good to great. Then there's the mediocre. Then there it's not going good they're losing then there's a disaster yes. are three of those four outcomes at the memorial day are we seeing yeah. changes yeah i i think i mean even if they're mediocre yeah i think three of the four are in play uh maybe two of the four are in play because okay. i think disaster and great probably don't play here oh okay i well, think mediocre I for changes but oh that's interesting yeah i, I mean i think Obviously, this is a division they could win. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, they should you, win. They should. Not, not could they should yeah. win. I mean, they're they're expected to win a division, but after beyond the division, when you look at the other teams and you say, well, wait a minute, how are they going to stack up with Atlanta or the Dodgers or some of the other teams that are moving up the ladder? Uh, but they played those teams reasonably well last year, mm-hmm. so yeah. they their biggest problem is they played to the level of competition. And that's what did them in. So they have to be able to take it to the next level of saying, we're going to mash these guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was a great thing about some of the teams that Tony managed. You know, they would just, they would, you know what, they would just beat you to the point where uncle. Mm-hmm. They didn't care whether you were 20 games over 500 or 20 games under 500. It didn't make a difference. They would just, they, they may come into Bush Stadium a very daunting task. And they've got to get back to that, that mindset of just saying, we don't care who you are. We're just going to come in here and just beat the crap out of me. Does this roster have the ability to do that? Does this team have the ability to do that? And better yet, does this group have that personality to do that? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, I think there's no coincidence that we went out and got a bunch of rusty nails uh, in Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray especially. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out where that is in the batting order. Who is that guy? Uh, you know, who is like, I don't give a darn about the other team. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to get mine. I don't know who that guy is. Could it be we, Nolan Arenado? It could be, but I think Nolan is a guy that would prefer not to have that spotlight on him because I think he presses. You know, mm-hmm. there were times last year he was squeezing the sawdust out of the bat. Yeah. I think he's a guy that fits in nicely with other players. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to lead you. I think he's a guy is a very healthy compliment. You have him, you have Goldschmidt, two guys at the bookends to a point. But I think there needs to be somebody parenthetically around them also to to be able to support what they do because I don't know if they have that sort of makeup. Uh, and it's nothing against their very dynamic players. I love them. Uh, 
Uh, I think when you look at those two, they'll go down in history as some of the greatest Cardinals we've ever seen. Uh, but you still need help. And I go back to the 2004 team, mm. which I thought the two best teams I've seen uh, that I wasn't covering, that I was covering, was the 2004 and the 85 team. The 85 team was dynamic. The 85 and the 2004 teams, they didn't have one guy that led them. You know, when you look at that 2004 team, you had Albert, you had Roland, you had Edmonds. You, you, they were all good guys. They complemented each other. The 85 team was the same. You had Ozzy and Pendleton, Jack Clark, Willie McGee. They all came together as one. They didn't have one guy to just, come on, boys, get on my back. I'm going to carry you. I don't think I don't think this team has it either, but they have the, the components to be that sort of team where offensively, they get it going, they can swing the bat with anybody. Yeah. Imagine your home totally organized. Closets by Design is offering 40% off plus free installation. Schedule your free consultation today. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN for details. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. That doesn't mean they're going to have a guy leading the league in batting, but they can they can swing the bat. No, this lineup could be deep and different, yeah. and it has for the first time in a long time since you and I have watched that real left-handed presence that is fascinating. You know, in, in Gorman, Power, Newt Bar, potential OPS, and Brendan Donovan, OBP. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's that's that's a presence from the left side that works in the postseason, that works through the season, and that the Cardinals haven't really had. You, you mentioned that Arnado and Goldschmidt are all-time greats for the Cardinals. My colleague, um, Ben Fredrickson, at the at the Post-Dispatch, he brought up an interesting point, I thought, that this year might decide that. That, you know, Paul Goldschmidt is going into his final year. If it all goes well and he gets that extension, then there's like a red jacket in his future. But if he just finishes this year and then moves on, is there a red jacket? You know, like it's a very interesting year in this sense yeah. that they could define <laughs> where they belong in their uh, in their in the history of the Cardinals. And it was something that you know Mosella brought up to the clubhouse in their first meeting. You know, he went through the history of who played here and how Wainwright and Molina and Pools weren't in the room, and the current greats are Arenado and Goldschmidt. And they are in the room, and who's going to join them? But I. I you know, he didn't say this, and he, when I asked him about it, he said that wasn't his point. But I think you could ask that question of Goldschmidt yeah. and Arnado too. It's like, wait, are you going to join those guys? Yeah, that's a good point you make. Uh, they are probably at that turn in the road where I'm of the belief that they're going to be as good, if not better. Yeah. But obviously this season has a lot to do with it because while Arnado's under contract uh, after this year, you, you don't want a guy who is just like, Oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. With Goldschmidt, I think you bring him back regardless. I, I mean, I have I didn't see it. If he wants to. Yeah, I didn't see a dramatic fall off with no. him. Uh, I think he likes this situation. I think, obviously, he'd like to be on a winning team. Uh, but we all do. So how do you fix that is the big question. And I think they've tried to mix youth mm-hmm. with experience. But this is one time this lineup is going to probably be a seven 
seven guys every day you're going to see. Yeah. In the past, you were basically pulling names out of a hat. You know, and maybe because of injury or lack of skill, we, we dealt with that last year. But I think once they have the continuity that they're looking for, I think you're going to see better play from both of those guys. Do you think Brendan Donovan becomes that rusty nail in the lineup the yeah. year? Yeah, I do. Uh, his demeanor, you know, coming from a military background, military family, uh, he understands discipline. Uh, and he's a guy that I think picks his spots mm-hmm. to say what needs to be said and, and lead by example. I think he would be that guy. And I think he's willing to accept that. If we work off of the Memorial Day promise, the temporary home of Mike Claiborne Day, mm-hmm. how important is spring training? And, like, look, they won the Grapefruit <laughs> League last year, but I don't think anybody was walking around going, like... They didn't have a parade or anything going down Central Avenue. No, you didn't know what team they were going to be exactly. because it was all scattered to the World Baseball Classic. But, you know, it wasn't. It was pretty quickly into the season where I was like, man, this does not, this is not familiar. This is not what they want. So it wasn't like it, it was like a ragged spring at all. It was a fine spring last year. But they just were rarely together as a full team. This year they have their full team, but they cannot afford. No, they can't. And, you know, there's no excuses. I mean, you had COVID, you had the lockout, you had the WBC. There's no excuses this year. Right. Everybody's reasonably healthy with the exception of Tommy Edmund and Packy Naughton. Uh, everybody appears to be in shape. You know, the biggest change I've seen in, in spring training is, and you've seen the rubber suits guys would be doing extra run. These guys are already ready to go. Yeah. Now, the, the challenge that you have is, and this is where I think we had fool's gold last year, especially with a Jordan Walker, when they keep flipping your fastballs, in spring training, you know, and then all of a sudden they turn it up that last week, and now you're starting to see a little breaking balls, some change-ups, and other things you're going to see during the season. Mm-hmm. They didn't adjust. Yeah. They didn't adjust. And I thought that was a real telltale about not having veteran leadership to be able to let guys know, hey, this is how this is going to work. Uh, and, and I thought that was a real telling point where guys fell off the table quickly. And then the pitchers – once they started throwing things other than fastballs, they couldn't throw it for strikes. And they got themselves in a big hole. And when you pitch it behind the count, I don't care who you're facing, whether it's the leadoff man or the ninth hitter, you pitch from behind a lot, guess what? You're going to get hurt. You know what's interesting about this team is they bring back Matt Car- Carpenter and they bring back Lance Lynn, and they're both new again to the team. But they also are a few of the homegrown all-stars. Does it? What's happened? Where where are the homegrown all stars from this team? They, they came back as free agents, but yeah. is that is that on the horizon? Or you know, you, you talk about Jordan Walker, right? Like, yeah. are, are, is that got to be a part of this well, somewhere? Yeah. You know what? That, that's a good point you make because we, there's a little bit of a gap between the greats and the good players that were here. And, and one of the things that I'm happy to see is incorporating people who were here like a Daniel Descalso who mm. played here and, and understood how the Cardinals did things and then went to play elsewhere. Yeah. So now he's got a little bit more knowledge working for him. Uh, those are the sort of guys that you need. But there's a gap, and we're putting a lot on Walker and Wynn because they're here now. But there better be some other guys on one of these backfields that's ready to make that next step because if you notice when the Cardinals are good – it's a combination of guys they developed that all come up together or within a year of each other, and all of a sudden they have that good run of right. three, four years. Right. We're almost at that point now, okay, we have Walker, we have Wynn, we have Gorman. Those guys we drafted. Donovan. Donovan. 
So now we're looking for maybe one, perhaps two more pieces. Herrera could be in that discussion as well. Could be Newt Bar. Newt Bar. You know, homegrown guys. Like somebody of that group, it, like it has been like a characteristic of yes. successful Cardinal teams. <clears throat> like it was Matt Carpenter there for a while. You mm-hmm. know, obviously the, the the ones that stand out, Molina, and but they were homegrown. They emerged. They contributed, and they won in the playoffs. Yeah, and they came back. That's the other thing that I think is important. And we're lacking that. And and when you think about going back to Ozzie, having him here in spring training, I'm of the belief that the Cardinals should really consider thinking about other people who have been part of this organization to have them just be here in spring training, to just be available. You don't have to go up and teach a guy how to play shortstop. You have to go up and tell a guy how to be a good switch hitter. But just being around so they could just talk. Uh, I think mentorship for baseball is at a real crossroads with regard to how we develop players. The reason why I say that is when you look at the people who are coaching, a lot of these guys, not necessarily in St. Louis, but a lot of these guys never played in big leagues. A lot of these guys never played legitimate professional ball, i.e. minor leagues. We're getting guys from a lot of different places, and they some, some of them have great value, but there's nothing like guys who have been there, done that. I've always felt if I ever owned a team, probably won't in the next few years but I would there have, might be a few for sale though. Yeah, that's true I hear you can get to Washington Nationals for nothing but the, the point is I would have my former major leaguers in A ball teaching guys oh, the game and compared to having them in triple A because by the time they get to triple A some of these guys you can't even talk to you'd have upside down salaries yeah but you know what I would do your A ball the coach would be making good bank for that would, level you know what and I wouldn't have a problem with that because I'd rather spend more money on A ball development than paying a guy on my bench who can't even play anymore five, eight million dollars. That's interesting because the 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 benefit down the road yeah. will be real, even if it's like, well, you're going to talk to 20 guys and we might get one, but that one is going to be better ready for the rigors and to star. Yeah. Then and I'll get more return. That's interesting. I, I, would, I would do it that way, and I know I can convince guys. That, hey. You don't. You wouldn't want to bring your family and live in Florida or Arizona yeah. at this time of the year, and the game's over. You're home for dinner a lot of nights. I mean, the travel isn't that hard. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I would convince big leaguers, former big leaguers, where they can develop and actually teach the game. You know, because you see guys in in AAA. Again, those guys, it's hard to to get to some of those guys because they keep waiting on the phone call to come to the big leagues, and they're not even ready. But if I can develop guys at the lower level and grow them, teach them how to dress, teach them how to eat, teach them how to talk to people, teach them how to keep their clubhouse clean, all the things that you're going to have to be able to do when you get to the next level, I think that's important. And and the best example I would use is, and you remember when Jordan Hicks came here, Mm -hmm. sight unseen, one year A ball, he had no idea how the big leagues work. Right, right. But if he'd have had a manager or a coach who played in the big leagues in A ball, Maybe he would have been a. Maybe his development would have been different. Yeah, the Cardinals are. You could see how Isringhausen is filling in that yeah. with some of these guys, especially the way he kind of Jason Isringhausen, Bernard who rose. Gilkey's yeah, Bernard Gilkey is yeah. a great guy. For, I mean, he just arrived and he's working. But two teams. He works for two. He is officially with one yeah. affiliate, but he does work with both Class A and then the the Complex League team, which I think is great. And then what great insight he offers. And he's so enthusiastic. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's cool to watch. Yeah. And you got to have energy. And, and you have to be able to... It looks great, too. Yeah, he, he's, and that's the other thing. These guys are in shape. They look the part. They yeah. take good, good care of themselves. And you got to have that sort of stuff. 
in order for guys to buy into what you're preaching. Yeah. And, and that's something that I think we we got to get back to in development. And again, I have nothing against guys who didn't play, but I think you need to have a little mixture. Yeah. Uh, and guys who maybe don't subscribe to an iPad as much because they they trust their eyes and what they see. That's a better way. I always remember when Carlos Beltran was here, one of the most elegant athletes we've ever had in St. Oh, Louis. No, but, yeah, for so many different yeah. reasons. He would make those young players sit with him for three innings. Mm-hmm. He'd pick a guy, hey, we're going to watch a game together, and just sit there with him for three days. He was off. I remember this, and he would stay later if he didn't get yeah. to the right guy because they could all leave at the fourth inning or fifth yeah. inning back then. Yeah. And he would have guys sit and watch the game with yeah. him. And uh, you, you have to have more guys who understand how to give something back to the game. And, Great recall. And, and I would, you know, guy, you know, I can talk about him forever. You know, should be in the Hall of Fame for a lot of different reasons. But bottom line is we need more Carlos Beltrans because they were good. They were mm-hmm. good players. Yeah. So you can get a guy who was, you know, at the end of the trail, and he can help. There's no doubt about it. But, man, if you have a good player who's willing to do this at this stage, it says a lot about his character. And that's those are the kind of people you want to, you want to have around. Yeah, that's Paul Goldschmidt brought that up. He was talking about Matt Carpenter being that guy. And one of the reasons why they lobbied for Matt Carpenter to come back because he had great seasons with the Cardinals. They all knew his personality. He said he and there he's going to tell somebody something a lot during the week or something that'll go in the in his hit column but Matt should get credit for it he brought he brought that up that it'd be that that's one of the values that Carpenter specifically could here's, bring here's the thing I, I I really hope and pray for that Matt can still produce yeah you know uh it's great to have a guy around but if you're not carrying weight well I mean Carlos yeah Carlos was a yeah. star yeah, he was exactly. a starter yeah but and you know I'm not asking Carpenter to hit 300 I'm not asking him to do I just want him to have some very meaningful moments mm-hmm. in the batter's box and making sure he's around guy when he sees things to be able to ask guys what do you see in there because it's not always about lecture mm-hmm. it's about questioning because if you ask a guy a certain question he may come up with the answer and solve his own problem and I think that those are the sort of guys you're looking for to be able to quiz guys and get engaged in conversation. You know, yeah. we spend too much time texting and looking at our phones instead of having eye-to-eye conversations. Uh, you got to have that sort of guy who understands how I can get to certain people. Because everybody's different with regard to how you communicate with them. We talked about the lineup and about the the left-handers who are coming who are young, the right-handers who are getting a chance to find whether or not they'll be tailored for a red jacket at some point in time. Mike, what's the upside if this works out for the Cardinals, if Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman are the future of the lineup from the right and from the left? It says a lot. It says that look out because they, they're very sound athletes. Uh, they hit for power. They do a lot of things. The, Walker has a chance to be a four-plus tool guy. You know, obviously his defense he continues to work on. Gorman, if he stays healthy with the back, and we're always concerned about a back, there's no telling how many home runs he can hit. Uh, but I think he's made himself into a more complete player as well. He's just not a slug that stands in there and just no. tries to pound it. He can do some things uh, in the field. Uh, but it's, it says it bodes well because we haven't had that in a long time here in St. Louis where there were homegrown guys. We go back to that 2014, you had a lot of guys from other organizations Yeah, you know, that were on that team. Uh, you know, Albert and Yachty were the homegrown guys, but you think about Edmonds, you think about Roland, there were a couple of other guys that they got from different organizations. But to have those two guys as the foundation. Renteria, Eckstein, exactly. Reggie Sanders, yeah. you go on and on and on. And, and you know what? But it's interesting you bring those names up. Character guys. Yeah. 
character guys, and and I thought that was the real element. That story in Larry Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had some real character people, and that's what this game. And that's what this team needs more of. You know, it's nice to have guys who bring brownies and donuts and everything. That's fine. But it's still about going out and playing the game and mm-hmm. playing it hard. And that, that's something that I think we're getting to. One of the things that I find really interesting, and we haven't seen the, this much really from the Cardinals, is that they have a rookie who's coming into camp who they are treating like a starter. And there is really not a challenger to his position what does Mason have, Mason Wynn have to do in this spring to live up to what they already are showing him? Just play. Accentuate the fundamentals. You know. Do you like this approach for him? Yeah, I do. Do you give him confidence? I think the best thing that happened to Mason Wynn was him having a taste of what the big leagues was like last year. Mm-hmm. So now he had that six weeks took it home with him, process what he needs to do to be better and be consistent because he's proven he can hit at virtually every level. Yeah. His defense is going to be stellar. It's just a matter of the mindset and the approach of understanding, okay, this is what I have to do. Now, what what his numbers look like? Is he a is he a two eighty five guy? Is he a two fifty guy? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we're trying to figure out because the the, the shortstop position has changed dramatically with regard to expectation. Yeah. You know, there was a time, if you had to worry about your shortstop. Thanks, Kyle Ripken. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A-Rod and some other. Derek Jeter. There was a time where if you had to worry about your shortstop hitting, you had bigger problems on your team. (laughs) But now everybody thinks, well, you know, what's, what's the ideal number for him? And I don't know what that is. As long as he's not getting himself out. Yeah. If he's, if he's hitting into tough luck, I get that. But as long as he's not giving away at bats is what I like to say. If he does that, I think he's going to be fine. And I think they got to play him every day. Well, you yeah. can sink or swim with him. Because I think it's fascinating. anything else in the cupboard that's even close to being ready. No. Am I, am, I, am I off on that? I mean, I think it's fascinating that they've just like, this is our starting shortstop. I love it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's different, right? Yeah, it's different for the Cardinals. Yeah. Because we've seen other teams, for instance, you look at the Atlanta Braves. They roll a guy out there and he yeah. plays 160 games each, every year. We all knew, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Jordan Walker was going to make the opening day if he played. But it wasn't like, they were like, here's our guy. Exactly. You know, they, wasting it. It's, here's and, our guy. And I think maybe they were reserved in doing that, not putting the extra pressure on him. But, bro, look around the room. I mean, this is this is, he, this yeah. is who he is. And Mason may thrive under that. You think yeah. he could thrive with that present oh, yeah. pressure? Yeah, I think he will. I, I yeah. think he's a tough guy. Yeah. Uh, I think when you look at him, knowing him a little bit, knowing his background, he's a tough guy. Yeah, I, I yeah. think he relishes the opportunity. He, and, and you know what? We need more fearless guys, you know. And I know his time with Ozzy has been, you know, you, you can't even sum it up, the impact that Ozzy's had yeah. on him about talking about the game. And, you know, they all had that little man complex, you know, smallest guy, better be the toughest guy. And, and I think he's going to be fine. And, and, and he's going to have a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. He's going to have some slumps. Uh, that comes with maturity. But the key is making sure you don't maintain the same bad habits understanding what it is. It's just like when I see guys go hit in the cage. Mm-hmm. They take 100 swings, but 90 of them were wrong. Yeah, They were do- for yeah. the wrong reason. So making sure the repetition is rewarding compared to just a routine. And, and I think he's going to be fine. All right, We've talked about multiple different things, but I'm going to time the other three questions here just to close out, pull all the threads together. We talked about the guys, the veterans who have great careers, who are looking for great success with the Cardinals. We talked about the young guys who the future is going to rely on. Can you be a Cardinal great without winning in the playoffs, Mike? Whew. 
That's a tough one. Um, yes, you can. And I'll tell you why. There's eight other guys out there that have a responsibility. If they're not doing their job, why am I blaming you? Okay. If you do your job, if you're putting up numbers in postseason, but you, your bullpen is crappy or you have some other guys who didn't come well, If you don't get to the postseason. I think, again, I go back to what he's able to do as an individual. Right. You know, that's why I look at the Hall of Fame. You know, it's amazing. Guys' numbers don't change when they retire, but they always say, well, you know, maybe this is his year. Well, what's different than last right, year? Right, right. You know, right. and so I, I think it's still an individual performance is what we base it on. So, yeah, I think he can do it. What's your feel for the tone and vibe so far of spring training? What do you, what catch, what's in your ear? What do you see? What do you, how would you describe what you feel so far about spring? Well, you know, one of the things that everybody wants to turn the page on last year. Yeah. And, and I get it because, you know what, it was embarrassing. For, for the Cardinals yeah. as an organization and players. But with that said, I don't have a problem turning the page, but I want to make sure where the bookmark is to make sure I don't go back and repeat myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to allow that. I, I think be, bringing in these other players and guys who will remember how things went last year, from, the, from management all the way down to the equipment guys, everybody knows, hey, we, we, we can be better. And then finally, my, I think it's a question I'm going to try to ask a lot of people and I'd like to get your thoughts on it just to start this off. What's at stake this year? What's at stake for the Cardinals? I was really struck at winter warm-up as I thought of all the things swirling around, whether it's the TV deal or it's Paul Goldschmidt in his final year of his contract. You know, both of these guys, um, you know, I, I should say Oliver Marmol in the final year of his contract. You have all these things going on. What's at stake? A lot. And, and he, you, you, you didn't mention one other person, John Mozalak, in the next to last year, his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this doesn't work, do you blow it up completely with an outgoing president of baseball operations? Or do you try and find a stopgap measure to convince Paul Goldschmidt, to convince Nolan Arenado? Because they've heard that speech before. Yeah, they have. So, you know, how far can you go with it? I, I think there's more at stake this year for the Cardinals and its legacy in baseball than ever before because of all the things we've been talking about. Because, again, last year was something we'd never seen before. And they tried to fix it. And I thought they did a reasonable job as far as how they acquired players. They didn't go out and overspend because they thought they had enough legitimate components that just needed to be better. Mm-hmm. So, But I think there's a lot at stake because it's such an uneven parallel. An outgoing a manager on, on last year of his contract but I think with most situation, next to last year, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be critical. It's going to be critical, and I, and I can't wait for it to start. And that's why we have moved up Mike Claiborne Day to Memorial Day. It's a leap year. It's a leap year. We got an extra day in February, so it's that much closer to Flag Day. So we're moving up the Mike Claiborne Day of Flag Day to you can check the standings in Memorial Day. You might even be able to check the standings, honestly, in April. Well, this is a huge – there's a lot at stake this year. There's a lot at stake every month. You know, we might be looking at Derby Day. <laughs> yeah, Derby. early May. First, All right, May Day. May Day. They better not be saying May Day yeah, on May Day. Ooh. If they, yeah, if they say that, man, boy, it's going to be a hard, long season. But I don't think that's going to be the case. No. Stay healthy in the camp. Pitching's too deep. Pitching is deeper. Uh, and just go out and play. Yeah. Just go out and quit worrying about what people are saying. Just go do your job. I think we have to get back to making this simple. Work hard at keeping it simple. Yeah. If you do that, you'll be okay. 
Thank you very much. That's Mike Claiborne, one of the voices of the Cardinals. You can hear him on the Cardinals radio network, on the call for the Cardinals, and, of course, Claib's online, always there. Mike, thank you so much for taking this time. Joining me, I know I, I held you a little bit no, long, but, man, man we, we had fine. it going. You know what? For you, man, I love doing this. We haven't done it in a couple of years, and I'm glad you thought enough to ask me. Well, I think we were on the road for a flat. No, you know what? It was London that last, this past year. It was like yeah. we were getting ready for London yeah. for Flag yeah, Day, so right. we missed it. Right. Yeah. So it's good to have. It's always good to be with you and keep up the great work, man. Uh, we only have a handful of credible people, in my opinion, that I, I can actually follow and trust because I know the work you put into this and the dedication Thanks. and your professionalism. And uh, just we're, we're very fortunate to have you. Thanks, man. This is uh, I'm not going to catch your 81, but I 20. This is year 20. From, wow. Can you imagine? Well, you throw in the blues beat how many years total? Just Oh, I did three of that. So how many years at the post-dispatch? Yeah. We're going on 25 almost. Wow. They, they give you. They gotta give you something over there. Don't watch. No, they, I'm sorry. They're gonna watch me. That's. I'm sorry. I misunderstood the email. My fault. My fault. I'll keep an eye on you to see if we can bring you back. <laughs> right, right. Right. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, man. Yeah. And as always, you can find all the constant Cardinals coverage at stltoday.com. You can find Mike Claiborne's work with the Cardinals Radio Network and Claib's online. The St. Louis Post Dispatch has five staff members at the Post Dispatch, so you can always. Catch the Cardinals coverage there on the page of the Post-Dispatch and online at stltoday.com. You can find the best podcast in baseball anywhere you get your podcasts. That includes iTunes, where you can rate and review and subscribe. Subscribe makes the sponsorships possible, and sponsorships make this podcast possible. Coming to you again here, speeding towards season number 12 of the best podcast in baseball. Brought to you, as always here, by Closet by Design of St. Louis. Uh, There's a mower coming, so I better get going. Talk to you soon. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 